women hang on tightly to their past experiences and they don't realize that this keeps them stuck. When you let go, not only will you have healthy, loving, fulfilling, and committed relationships, you'll also have healthier living and more energy. It's time to bring joy back. You deserve it. Welcome to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back with Andrea Lewis. On today's show, we'll help you get your life back on track and provide words of inspiration. Now, here is Andrea Lewis. Hello, and welcome to Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back. I am your host, Andrea Lewis. I believe that when women heal past wounds, they are free to express themselves authentically as creative, intuitive, and powerful women. And by doing so, they light up the world with love. If you'd like to find out more about me, check out my website at andreamlewis.com. I have some free resources, an online class called Stop Replaying the Past and Worrying About the Future. In this class, you will learn the effects of suppressing our emotions, the reason we get stuck in repeated patterns. You'll also learn to identify your dominant archetype when you're not resonating in your feminine power and much more. I also have free guided meditations, forgiveness, release your mother's pain story, grounding into the light, and meet your inner child. To work with me, I offer mediumship sessions and ancestral healing for your mother lineage. Before we dive into today's topic, last week I closed the show with one question to ask yourself each morning upon waking, and that was, how can I bring more love to myself today? When I asked myself that question, the answer was always the same. Listen. I knew exactly what it meant. I needed to be love so that I could stay open to receive my next right steps. But my ego can easily take over, feeling impatient or fearful and imposing the plan on exactly how I will achieve my goals. As I discussed in the previous episode, the ego is a wounded part of you. She is your inner child, and what she needs is love, safety, value, and compassion. Though I do my best to give her what she needs, I can still push, strive, force, and try to seemingly control my life. However, nothing gets past my spirit team. They find ways to get my attention, namely through social media when I ignore their guidance to slow down. It may seem counterintuitive to slow down when everything around us is moving fast. But when we slow down, we connect more deeply to our soul's calling and we allow the unfolding of a life that is more fulfilling and purposeful. Lately, I've been sitting more in stillness, silence, solitude, and just listening. I've also been practicing yin yoga And it's helped me be more in my body, breathe more consciously, and rest my racing thoughts. Surrendering to the unknown is a process, but there is so much creative potential beyond what our ego can conceive. If you'd you'd love to share what came up for you when you asked yourself, how can I bring more love to myself today? Feel free to call in using the toll-free number, 1-888-346-9141. 1-888-346-9141. This show is all about you. So I'd also love to know, did you see your ego with a new perspective? If so, has it affected the relationship with yourself? 
Did you do an activity that brought you joy? If so, did you dance, draw, color, paint, hula hoop, or collage? Did you experience any resistance to doing the creative activity, walking in nature, or sitting in stillness? Did you spend time journaling on your mother-daughter dynamics? Did you have an aha moment about anything I spoke about? Again, feel free to call in using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. This week's topic is on archetypes. What are they? Psychiatrist Carl Jung introduced the concept of archetypes. He believed that archetypes were models of people, behaviors, or personalities. The new Oxford American Dictionary defines archetypes as a very typical example of a certain person or thing. Though there are many different archetypes from Carl Jung's 12 primary types that symbolize basic human motivations to the five divine feminine archetypes identified by the priestess presence, temple and school of sacred arts to Crystal Andrus Morissette's three archetypes, just to name a few. My definition of archetypes focuses on three and some of the traits were extracted from Crystal Andrus Morissette's development of the emotional age. I am so excited that she will be a guest expert on January 31 to talk about her book, The Emotional Edge. So stay tuned for that interview. It's going to be amazing. Before we go more in depth with archetypes, I want to talk about emotions. We have a range of emotions. And if we do not get in touch with our feelings, they get buried and create a baseline emotion in the body. Whatever is repressed gets expressed in the form of illness and dis-ease. Trauma, experiences, and memories are stored in the body. And when it's ready to heal an emotion, your body sends you warning signs. Anger manifests as impatience, irritation, frustration, criticism, resentment, jealousy, or bitterness. Fear manifests as tension, anxiety, nervousness, worry, doubt, or insecurity. Shame manifests as feeling not good enough or unworthiness. If we ignore the warning signs, over time, the low-level emotions of anger, fear, and shame accumulate in the body. Negative emotions and unresolved issues create heaviness. We're out of balance. We don't realize that what we fear will appear. Instead, we think it's the extra piece of cake we had at lunch, our weight gain, or the lack of sleep that makes us feel fatigued. We also begin to justify the way a person has made us feel a certain way about ourselves. When we look outside of ourselves, we've given our power away. No one can make us feel anxious, sad, or humiliated unless we feel that way. Our health, income, relationships are a reflection of how we really talk to ourselves. From a, from a young age, we're taught to look outside of ourselves, to do the right thing, to be nice, to please, and to put others first. We developed a belief that it's selfish to make ourselves a priority 
And we might even feel guilty for for wanting more for our lives. To affirm this belief, the brain has two defense mechanisms, denial and projection. When we're in denial, we have a need to feel a sense of peace and we will avoid conflict at all cost. When we project, we feel comfortable with aspects outside of ourselves and we're unable to deal with our pain or trauma. It takes a lot of energy to overcompensate and avoid our fears. However, nothing is happening to us, but for us to heal and evolve, to remember who we are, powerful, powerful women. Have you wondered why you say one thing and your outer reality reflects something else? Have you also wondered why you know what to do, but cannot seem to follow through? Maybe you even wondered why you accept something other than what you say you want. Well, I did too. For years, I kept affirming that I wanted a healthy, loving, fulfilling relationship with a man, but I kept attracting the same type, emotionally unavailable. The relationships were so like my dysfunctional upbringing. Eventually, I ended repeating the same old pattern of codependent relationships when I discovered that we inherited learned experiences, fears, and core limiting limiting beliefs from our parents and ancestors, including past lives. It's not to blame them. It's to make you aware that we learned that the car, the house, the money, the career, the relationships will make us feel worthy. But it's not true. You don't need the car, the house, the money, the career, the relationships to feel worthy. Without those things, you are worthy. We all have an aura or energy field, which is visible to many people in the form of light. Many of us are oblivious to our auras, but it is vital to our well-being. Your aura is like a fingerprint that uniquely identifies you. Stored in your aura is your genetic and ancestral lineage, a record of your past lives, and your karmic contracts and lessons for this lifetime. The aura has seven major chakras or energy systems that run along your spine and connect you to your physical, emotional, and mental health. The size of your aura depends on how you respond to life. If you have a strong sense of self, your aura is healthy. But if your energy is blocked, there will be an imbalance in the form of illness, dis-ease, fears, and anxiety. This will cause us to always be in flight and fight or survival mode. The root chakra or first chakra is located at the base of your spine and it's where family wounds are stored. A blocked energy system will create an imbalance where we don't feel safe and secure. We're not grounded and we don't feel a sense of belonging. Is this making sense? Any questions or comments? Feel free to call in using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. I would like to guide you into a meditation. So please make sure you're somewhere that you won't be disturbed. And please don't do this meditation if you're driving. 
Sit comfortably in a chair with your feet flat on the ground. Place your hands in your lap. Palm up. Now close your eyes and place your hand on your heart center. Take a deep breath from the core of your being and exhale. Take another deep breath and exhale. One more deep breath and exhale. Imagine a time when you felt such joy and gratitude. Breathe yourself into that happiness. Just picture it. Are you alone? Are others with you? Are you at the beach? In nature? At your wedding? The birth of your child? How did you feel about yourself when you recall that time you felt such joy and gratitude? Keep breathing to get yourself out of your head and into your heart. Focus on the feeling. Focus on the feeling of joy and gratitude. Now take a deep breath and exhale. Take another deep breath and exhale. One more deep breath and exhale. Now open your eyes. Take a few moments to record anywhere between three to six words that described how you felt. In front of those words, write in capital letters, I am. This is you when you're resonating in your feminine power. On a scale from zero to 100, how much of the time are you feeling like those words you described when you felt such joy and gratitude? When I'm in my feminine power, I am present, carefree, and love. I would love to hear what came up for you. Feel free to call in using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. If you're wondering why you don't feel that way 100% of the time, instead of fearful, anxious, and worried, consider for a moment that all of these emotions, whether positive or negative, are to be felt equally. Otherwise, it will create an imbalance, as I mentioned earlier. Know that you're not meant to be perfect. You're human, and you're meant to be whole. Intellectually, you get this. 
But there is some part of you that is most likely judging yourself for not resonating at a higher percentage in your feminine power. Please be gentle with yourself. There will be an exercise that will help you gain clarity. For now, let me tell you a story I read in one of John Bradshaw's books. Once, there were two monks who were traveling through the countryside during the rainy season. Rounding a bend in the path, they found a muddy stream blocking their way. Beside it stood a lovely woman dressed in flowing robes. Here, said one of the monks to the woman, let me carry you across the water. And he picked her up and carried her across. After setting her down on the far bank, he walked in silence with his fellow monk to the abbey on the hill. Later that evening, the other monk said suddenly, I think you made an error when you picked up that woman on our journey today. You know, we are not supposed to have anything to do with women. And you held one close to you. You should not have done that. How strange, remarked the other. I carried her only across the water. You are still carrying her. Can anyone relate? I know I can. Many times I would analyze, process, and think of what I could have said or done differently long after the experience. This is the ego who is a very wounded part of you, and she is sometimes in charge of your life. She's hanging on to the past because she wants things to be different than it actually was. When we're resonating in our egos, we're acting like parents, rescuing, caretaking, and overcompensating to the point that we become emotionally depleted. Then we swing over and act like a child, demanding, blaming, complaining, and creating drama. We're passive, but deep down we know that we are meant for something more. So we become frustrated and angry. And because we don't know how to express ourselves authentically, we remain stuck in our aggression. But in order to resonate in your feminine power and act like an adult, you need to assert yourself. When you're assertive, you're willing, you're courageous. You let go and take action. You trust yourself. You allow, you receive, and you listen to your intuition. If you recall from the exercise earlier on how often are you resonating in your feminine power, you most likely determined 10 to 20%, which would mean that your ego is in charge 80 to 90% of the time. I know mine was. The goal is not to get not to get rid of the ego, but to shift into your feminine power 80 to 90% of the time. Your ego is not separate from you. The parent and child archetype is what you developed as a protection mechanism because you learned that it wasn't safe to shine your brilliant light. So are you ready to discover your archetype? The parent archetype. She gives to the point of being emotionally depleted. 
She feels like a martyr. She is exhausted. She forgets about her emotions because she is worried about everyone else. She is disconnected from her own needs. She is sacrificing needs, domineering, overcompensating, rescuing, caretaking, and doesn't say no because she seeks love and approval. The child archetype. She is helpless. She is stuck in the past. She acts like a victim. She thrives on drama and problems. She's manipulative, throws temper tantrums, sulks, and is wounded. She will demand. She always needs attention. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, some traits were extracted from Crystal Andrews Morissette's development of the emotional age. So now, identify your dominant archetype when you're not resonating in your feminine power. Are you the parent or the child archetype? If your dominant archetype is the parent, ponder on some of the traits. Are you rescuing and caretaking because it makes you feel valuable? Do you feel guilty if you say no because you don't want to disappoint others? You don't want them to be upset with you. If your dominant archetype is a child, ponder on some of the traits. Are you helpless because you don't want to take responsibility for your life? Because there would be no one to blame if you made a mistake. Do you create drama because you think it's what you need to do to get love? Spend some time this week to reflect and journal on whatever comes up. This is just for you to bring awareness of where you're resonating. Only then can you change. I would love to hear which archetype is in charge when you're not resonating in your feminine power. Are you the parent or the child archetype? Feel free to call in using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. Intellectually, you know that it's impossible to change the past or control the future. But emotionally, your ego resonates in the low-level emotions of shame, guilt, fear, and anger. Because it's comfortable and it's familiar. The emotions will always override your thoughts and words. It's the reason that if we say we want a healthy, loving, fulfilling relationship, we attract codependent relationships. Our ego is resonating in shame, not feeling worthy of receiving what we say we really want. Somewhere in our past experience, we developed a fear that created a core limiting belief that it wasn't safe to receive. When you're in your feminine power, resonating in the high level emotions of love, joy, and peace, you're in the present moment. You don't have anything to fix. And what you think, say, and do is aligned. By now, you're probably ready to get right to empowerment. I get it. But let's take an in-depth look at the parent and child archetype. The parent archetype resonates in pride. She is selfless 
and believes that she knows what's best for everyone but herself. She's responsible, does the right thing, and constantly worries about the future and what others think of her. She is a perfectionist. She avoids conflict at all costs in order to maintain peace. But instead of peace, she remains passive in her relationships. She internalizes her emotions and copes by keeping herself busy, helping others, and offering unsolicited advice because she attributes her self-worth to what she can do for them. She consistently does things out of guilt. And because she doesn't know how to say no or set boundaries, she sets herself up to being taken advantage. It's no wonder the parent archetype doesn't feel appreciated and acknowledged by others for all of her hard work. What the parent archetype needs to realize is that she alone is enough. She doesn't have anything to prove. Being a martyr is not going to make up for some past mistake. She needs to relax and make herself a priority by nurturing herself. Soaking in sea salt bath with candlelight, reading a book, taking herself out to a restaurant, getting a massage, a pedicure and manicure, or a, or a day at the spa are suggested activities for the parent archetype to get what she so desperately needs, rest. The child archetype resonates in shame. She is selfish and believes that someone owes her for what she missed out in childhood. She wants to be saved and rescued. She's irresponsible, reckless, and expects others to carry her burdens and clean up her messes. She enlists help from others for things that she could perfectly do for herself. She innately thinks that there is something wrong with her and will do anything to feel validated. She takes everything personally and is quick to react. Like a ticking time bomb, she will go from being the life of the party to a spoiled brat, causing a scene with her yelling and screaming if she feels that she's been wronged. It's no wonder the child archetype feels lonely. She unknowingly pushes people away instead of opening up to the love she achingly longs for. What the child archetype needs to realize is that she doesn't need to force things to go her way. She is no longer a victim and it is safe for her to trust others, the process and herself. She needs to enjoy life and make herself a priority by nurturing herself. Coloring in a coloring book, drawing, painting, creative writing, swinging on a swing set, jumping rope, hopscotch, watching an animated movie, reading children's books, or playing with dolls are suggested activities for the child archetype to get what she so desperately needs, fun. Did the in-depth description of your dominant archetype resonate with you? Feel free to call in using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. 1-888-346-9141. Whether your dominant archetype is the parent, 
acting like a martyr, or your dominant archetype as a child, acting like a victim. They both prefer to remain with the status quo because it's familiar. By the way, the word familiar comes from the word family. It's easy to go back to what we know. Though remaining with what's familiar is keeping you safe and secure and protecting you from getting hurt and disappointed. You're meant to evolve and have the amazing life that you know deep down you deserve. In Barbara Stanny's book, Sacred Success, she writes, the eagle's job is to keep you safe. The eagle learned its job very early in life when you were little trying to figure out the best way to avoid punishment, rejection, or disapproval. The eagle is all about self-protection and survival. What else does the parent and child archetype need? She needs love, compassion, safety, and value. Not some of the time, but all of the time. You wouldn't love and nurture a child only, only once. Melody Beattie writes in the new codependency, when we were children, Someone very important to us was unable to give us the love, approval, and emotional security we needed. So we try to get this love from people. The cycle repeats itself until it is interrupted and stopped. It's called unfinished business. It's important to love all aspects of yourself. Even parts of yourself you wish were different because you are worthy of unconditional love. But how do we love ourselves when we didn't, didn't learn how to love ourselves unconditionally? What we learned was that we needed to do something to get love or to prove ourselves. You now know that that is not true. Loving yourself means listening to yourself by monitoring your feelings, needs, wants, and desires, releasing negative thoughts, and talking to yourself more positively, setting healthy boundaries, making your self-care a priority, and finding a balance between giving and receiving. Now let's talk about ways to remain grounded in your feminine power, the adult archetype. By establishing a holistic approach to take care of your entire well-being, encompassing mind, body, and spirit, your life will change. So let's begin with the mind. Honor your feelings. It takes a lot of courage to feel your anger, guilt, shame, and fear. But if you don't give your ego a voice, she will sabotage your efforts, and you deny yourself the ability to self-cope. Suppressing our negative emotions creates an imbalance in the throat chakra. Energy stops flowing, and it also keeps us from knowing our truth. Here are two simple but effective techniques. Tip number one, write it out. Get a journal, blank piece of paper, or even your notes app on your smartphone and express your emotions uncensored. Then tear up the paper, or delete the note. 
By writing out your emotions, it loses power over you. Tip number two, become proactive. If someone triggers you and you're upset, take a deep breath to center yourself and be present. This is your point of power. If you need to leave the room or disconnect from the call, do so, then calmly talk to the other person involved by saying, I feel angry, guilty, upset, because. Avoid pointing the finger or rehashing the situation. The other person will most likely be willing to listen and respect your point of view. It's not about being right. It's about finding a solution so you can move forward. Set healthy boundaries. It takes a lot of practice and more practice to say no with tact, grace, and dignity instead of saying yes to please others. So here are two tips. Tip number one, trust your instincts. Pay attention to any physical discomfort in your body and to what the other person is saying. Does it match their actions? If not, listen to yourself. I know this can be challenging for most women. We tend to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But it is my experience, it's not about trusting the other person, it's about trusting yourself. I recall a few years ago when I sat on a hiring committee, I noticed how the men had no problem deciding whether to have the candidate proceed to the next interview. When I talked with the women, they had all these stories about how the candidate was nice, had tons of experience. They felt guilty. So this brings me to tip number two, say no without guilt. The moment you him and haw and provide long-winded explanations, the person has leeway to break down your defenses. On one of Oprah's shows, she said, as a rule of thumb, if you say no once and the person asks, asks again, it's disrespectful. If the question is asked more than three times, it's manipulation. That's your cue to take action immediately. Can you relate to feeling guilty easily? This is your ego chiming in for you to do the right thing instead of what's right for you. Honor what you are feeling by writing it out so you can reclaim your feminine power. Self-talk. Speak to yourself lovingly by saying positive affirmations such as, I love you, I deserve to be happy, and I am at peace in my life on a regular basis. Even if you don't believe it at first, it takes 21 days to create a new habit. As I mentioned in the previous episode, the negative self-talk is directed at your inner child, the little girl in you. If you're having a hard time connecting with your inner child, then imagine she was your daughter, your niece, your cousin, or a stranger. Would you belittle her, criticize her, or judge her for doing something wrong or making an error? No, you wouldn't. You would speak to her with love and kindness. When you honor your feelings and talk positively to yourself, you increase your self-esteem. 
and you're telling yourself and others the truth. Instead of acting like everything is just fine and remaining passive, you assert yourself knowing that you are worthy of being heard. So let's talk about the body. Exercise, yoga, pilates, Zumba, swimming, jogging, walking your dog, bicycling, and activities that are fun. As long as you're moving your body, any form of exercise not only increases your energy, but also boosts your mood. It also promotes a healthy way of coping with stress by staying in the present moment. You focus on solutions instead of problems. Do you make time to exercise? Or do you think you don't have time because of your busy schedule? That's your ego talking again. Write it out so you can reclaim your feminine power. Schedule your exercise in your smartphone and add a reminder. 20 minutes is all that you need. Nutrition. Listen to your body and enjoy all foods in moderation to prevent sudden cravings. By limiting refined sugars, processed foods, and caffeine, not only is it healthier for your body, but also it nourishes the mind. In the book, The Ultra Mind Solution but by Mark Hyman, he correlates how junk food can affect our moods and diseases such as depression. Personally, I've overcome excessive anxiety by eliminating refined sugars. Sleep. Adequate amounts of sleep from seven to nine hours and going to bed at the same time and waking up is essential to resting your mind, body, spirit. Not only will you feel refreshed, mentally sharp, productive, and emotionally balanced, you'll be a lot less prone to making poor choices. <clears throat> when you exercise on a regular basis, eat well and sleep, you're treating your body with love and respect. Your self-love and self-respect will enable you to honor your values. So um, next week we will continue with ways to remain grounded in your feminine, feminine power. So email me at Andrea M. Lewis at Outlook.com or call in next week at 1 p.m. Eastern Time using the toll-free number 1-888-346-9141. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Until next time, I hope you do something that brings you joy because you're worth it. Thank you so much for joining us today on Heal Past Wounds and Bring Joy Back. Your host, Andrea Lewis, will be back live next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope to have you back next week as a part of our show. 